Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the AGCS Podcast. I'm Ken Reichman. Today on the show, we're adding another installment into our Four Questions Four series as we continue our deep dive into the program space. We have a special guest today, but before we get started, our other episodes of Four Questions Four, including episodes with Paul Chavone, Vinko Markovina, and Scott Steinmetz, are all available on iTunes at AGCS Podcast. So please, folks, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. That includes all the Four Questions Four and all the other AGCS Podcast series that we produce. It's super important to rate, review, and subscribe because the more people who do, the easier it is for others to find the show. And as always, should you have any suggestions for topics or guests, you can get in touch with us on social media or send us an email to agcscommunication at agcs.allianz.com. So now that all of that's out of the way, John Colas is the CEO of Euclid Program Managers, and he joins us now. And we'll start you off with question number one here, John. Can you explain to us the evolution of the MGA program market over the past years? Where has it been and where is it going in the future? Sure, Ken. Thanks, and thanks for having me. It's been an interesting evolution. If you look back into the 1980s and 90s, the MGA space was really dominated by a bunch of sort of rogue players. Uh, There were some good players, but there were a bunch of bad ones, we have to say. Insurance company protections were not really in place. And there were a number of notorious MGAs that made a lot of money for themselves, but lost money for their insurance companies. There were exceptions to that rule, but that was sort of the situation. As we go into 9-11 and the market crunch that followed, interestingly, many of the poor players were sort of jettisoned to the side. Insurance company best practices were tightened. I think technology helped with that. And the distribution channel emerged smaller, but I think in a way cleansed. Um, the barriers to entry into the space were much higher, leaving only the better players in place, I think. Uh, it was about that time that Target Markets, the association, began, which was a professional association of program administrators. So into the 2000s and the 2010s, then the space began to grow again, but in a much more healthy way. And at the same time, insurance companies began to focus on being specialists in their niches and then immediately looked at the MGAs as a way of accessing that type of business. So it's been an interesting evolution today. We have a distribution channel that's grown significantly and is still growing. The last statistic I saw was that the space is growing faster than the insurance market in general, and I don't see any reason why that won't continue into the future. John, in your opinion, what is the value proposition that an MGA brings to a cap? I think it's multifaceted. I think first and foremost, the MGA typically comes to the table with deep and extensive expertise in their particular niche, which the carrier uh, usually does not possess. I think next to that technical underwriting expertise, and I would say this is critical, the MGA brings essential distribution relationships typically built over long careers. So these are deep and intimate broker relationships if the business is being distributed through brokers. Uh, I think all those two skill sets come fully developed, so that saves the carrier a lot of ramp-up time as opposed to trying to build a team in-house. I would say it's important to mention that the MGA represents a variable expense on the carrier's income statement. They don't have overhead. They only pay the MGA when they produce business. Um, And lastly, I guess I would mention probably two other things. The systems that they utilize, the MGAs utilize, tend to be much more functional 
than the large carrier legacy systems. The MGA is smaller and more nimble. I think that's reflected in the systems they utilize. And the last thing I would say, and maybe this is the biggest advantage that the MGA brings to the carrier, there is something about the owner-operator entrepreneurial model that just produces good results. It's an attribute that's hard to measure, but it may be the most important ingredient in the recipe. We hear a lot about InsureTech these days. Can you give me your thoughts on the InsureTech movement and specifically how it relates to the MGA world? Sure. InsureTech is a big term, first of all, and every time I hear it, I think it probably needs to be dissected a little bit to make any sense. I think about InsureTech as being divided into two basic parts. One part is the distribution piece, and one part is the processing of business in general. These are two very different things. With regard to distribution, I would say that MGAs are perfectly suited to develop alternative channels of production, uh, particularly in the smaller and more, more homogeneous account arena, both personal lines and small commercial. As I mentioned earlier, MGAs are not beholden to legacy systems or legacy or even legacy distribution obligations, which large insurance companies are. We're already seeing this play out. I expect MGAs with their entrepreneurial approach will be probably at the foremost of this tech, uh, insure tech distribution movement in the future. With regard to the second piece that I mentioned, the processing piece, that is the application of technology to streamline costs and increase productivity, this is nothing new to MGAs. This has been going on for years and years in the MGA world, well before the term InsureTech was even invented. It's a byproduct, again, of the MGA's nimble entrepreneurial approach to business, and that will do nothing but increase in the future as far as I'm concerned. All right, and last question, John, the fourth question in the four questions for, we see new MGAs being formed all the time, but we also see a number of them being sold. So can you comment on the M&A market as it pertains to the formation and the sale of MGAs? Yes, this is a really interesting topic. When I first began in business many years ago, we saw brokers, retail brokers, wholesalers, MGAs, all of them, uh, trade at multiples that in the really old days might have been as low as three to five times EBITDA. Those numbers eventually became five to seven times EBITDA, and then they became seven to nine times EBITDA, which we were astounded at. Today, we're seeing deals done at 10 times plus, perhaps maybe eight or nine times EBITDA down and one or two times uh, in retention. So for the right deal, even maybe a shade higher than that. Um, let's say to use the language of our former Federal Reserve chair, the market for MGAs is frothy, <laughs> is the way I would describe <laughs> it. In terms of where the market is going, um, I would expect the demand for insurance distribution organizations to continue to be very strong uh, in the future. My reasoning is this, as capital continues to be commoditized, so that is to say the value of capital is really sort of going down because it's so abundant, the value focus is increasingly on two things, who controls the business flow and who controls the technical expertise. Now, MGAs allow for sort of the bifurcation of the intellectual capital from the economic capital, which allows the marketplace to value that side of the equation in a way that they couldn't so easily a number of years ago, and they place a high premium on it. So 
I see no reason why the um, very aggressive demand for MGAs and really for all insurance distributors won't um, continue into the future. As always, thank you to John Colas for taking the time out to join the show. Always interesting to hear about the future of the space and exactly how the industry is evolving. Folks, make sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn for all things AGCS, our SoundCloud page at AGCS Podcast, and as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes, and you'll get notified every time a new episode comes out. Questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions, we're always listening, so please feel free to get in touch. And again, our email is agcscommunication at agcs.allianz.com. A big time thank you to John Colas for joining us, and for all of us here at AGCS, I'm Ken Reichman, and we will see you next time.